What's up, everybody? This is Thrill Hammer Sports Podcast. I'm Frank, and I'm here with Nick and Shane. And for our first inaugural episode, we thought we'd bring in a guest who knows absolutely nothing about sports. Welcome, Sean. Thanks, guys, for having me. So, I think uh, we just kick it over to Sean, and he can just ask dumb questions about sports. (laughs) So, I've heard something about a realignment with college football. I don't know what that means. Can you guys explain what's going on? Since Nick actually went to a school in Division One, why don't you go ahead and explain it with your... What school did you go to, Nick? Arizona State. Wow. Yeah. What was your mascot? It's a sun devil. It's a fucking sun devil. What's a sun devil? One, the sun devil is the most powerful of all mascots, and it was designed by the Walt Disney Corporation. <laughs> nice. True, true story. So he sounds like... Sun Devil. <laughs> I represent Arizona State. That's exactly how he sounds. That's exactly how he sounds. His name is Sparky. <laughs> Sparky. And you know what? Our co-eds are the bounciest in all of Power 5, so fuck okay, you guys. Okay, there we go. There, nice. You know what they say about ASU co-eds. Good for you, Nick. So, so what's going on? What, what is, what Zero is, morals and tons of STDs. Ooh. What's a realignment? So, college football is divided into conferences. Each conference is traditionally geographically separated from the others. So, for instance, you have the Pac-12, which is traditionally um, teams on the Pacific Coast. You are now having these teams realign to different conferences. For instance, you're going to have USC from the Pac-12 move into the Midwest. They're going to move the school? (laughs) No. (laughs) What it means is they'll still be in L.A., but they're now going to play their conference games against teams from the Midwest. Got it. Okay, okay. That clears that up a little yeah. bit. So so they're going to a different system, different schools are going to be facing off against schools that they weren't previously facing off against? Yes. Got it. Okay. Why is that a big deal? And what, what spurred those changes? Like, I... Is it... I so, Like, this is college. I, are, I thought college players weren't paid. So this is kind of a threefold question I, I see here. It's a big deal because of years of history. We'll stick with USC for the example. They've been in the Pac-12 for a century. I have historical battles, you know, for the Rose Bowl, which is a big trophy at the end of the year, which they always play against a different conference. They'll no longer be in that contention. So for people that grew up watching that, all that history is now gone. For sports fan, that's a big, you know, sentimental thing that now is being taken away from you. Why is it being taken away? In the name of TV revenue deals. Got it. Okay. So there's a lot more influx of money in college football right now. Yeah. These these NIL deals, and essentially what, what's what's happening now is now the, the players are able to legally under the bylaws of the NCAA benefit from their name and likeness. So prior to this, college football, college players in general were not paid. Not only were they not paid, they weren't allowed to make money off of their own image. So there's one of one of the most you know widely highlighted ones of the last few years is uh, a guy, uh, a YouTuber. He goes by the name Destroying, and he used to play for UCF. He was the the kicker, and he had a YouTube channel, very successful YouTube channel, and he was making money off of it. And they basically said, "Quit your YouTube channel and delete it, or you'll be kicked off the football team." Wow. Okay. And so he chose to leave the football team because he was making so much money off YouTube. Got it. And so what's what's happened to him now is he runs a very, very successful YouTube channel, but 
you know, he's he's his dream was to play in the NFL, and that dream has not been realized yet. He did play one season in, in the Canadian Football League, uh, I believe for the Argonauts, but he didn't really go anywhere with that, and he's had no traction getting into the NFL. Got it. So, so I'm sure there's schools that really stand to benefit from this whole conference realignment. What schools stand to lose out? What, which ones are going to be left holding the bag? Generally, the one... They're not small schools, but they're not as big. They're not as successful as USC has been in the past or with Texas and Oklahoma now going to the SEC. It's leaving those schools now with no big name to draw to their TV uh, viewership. USC is one of those franchises that really no matter what their record is or even how their team stacks up on paper, they have so much history and, and such a loyal fan base that they're they're always going to be in in the top most successful teams uh, from a revenue standpoint and and from big money TV contracts and yeah. And so, and what are some of the different personalities that were driving this whole shift? I'm I'm assuming coaches, school administrators. I know, who was well, I could tell you who was against it, and that was the NCAA. The NCAA, okay, absolutely. They 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 fought tooth and nail. I mean, this has been a huge point of contention for ever. So, let me go back a ways. So, there used to be a video game. It was called NCAA Football. Okay, wildly popular. So you Terrific. got that. Yeah, incredible. One of my favorite video, sports video game, probably my favorite sports video game of all time. Okay, I've been a good football game since really. Yeah, and so you you would be able to play as college teams. You know, just like in in Madden, you would play as you know NFL teams. But what you was really cool is you could create a character, and you could go through high school f- football season. And depending on how well you played, what position you were, all of that, you would get scouted by college football teams in the game. And you would be able, and they'd, they'd send you an offer, a scholarship offer, just like in real life. You would be able to, you know, accept the offer to the team you wanted to go to. So, you know, you could get 12 offers, you know, dep- however many offers. Uh, and then you would progress through your collegiate career and then eventually <clears throat> get drafted into the NFL and port your character over to Madden. And then play your NFL career. I mean, this game was incredible. Uh, and so what ended up happening is the people in the game wanted to make money. Like, they were basically essentially being exploited. You know, here's this game by, you know, EA making millions and millions and millions of dollars. Well, they got nothing for it. But it needs to be noted that you have a school like University of Oregon. And their quarterback would be named quarterback number two and coincidentally in real life quarterback number two was also quarterback number two in the game looked the exact same had the same name and their attributes were very the same however according to ea not the same player so you're out here selling this product to everyone making money hand over fist for their name image and likeness but without their name they they used to use the names though right no they did not no point they used you could download you could download the name. Oh, download you could download custom roster, right, right. Yeah. But it was absolutely them. It looked like them. It smelled like them. All of that. So, essentially, this has been a huge point of contention, and there's been fights and court cases and arguments, and it's really been polarizing, you know, uh, ac- across the map. And every talking head on TV has 
their own opinion on it. Uh, every former player, every NFL player, everybody has an opinion on it. But the NCAA is run by a bunch of like old curmudgeons, and they just didn't want to budge up until was it two years ago we got NIL roughly. So yeah. roughly, roughly two years ago. What is NIL? Name, image, and likeness. Name, image, and so, likeness. So, so essentially, now these kids are allowed to profit off their name, image, and likeness. So if you're a five-star quarterback, you can now sign a agreement with Ford where Ford gives you a brand new 2022 Raptor and a million dollars to basically go to dealerships go to dealerships but i mean it was so bad at the point where you couldn't sign autographs imagine not being able to charge someone twenty dollars to sign a football i mean that's pretty egregious what's interesting about how that all the ncaa eventually caved was it was california right that passed a state law Mm -hmm. that said college players here can make an make money off of their image and likeness yeah so it became state law here and that's what sparked the wildfire so I didn't mean to cut you no, off. No, no, I cut you but off. You the go NCAA ahead. was like, okay, well, then you guys can't participate in any NCAA activities. Okay, fine. Guess what? All these kids are going to come across the country to come play in every school in California and make money off of their likeness. Yeah. And with that, that looming threat, all the other schools fought the NCAA. NCAA caved made it legal for them to do it because what was going to happen is a school like alabama with incredible winning history in the last you know 20 years you look at you look at uh, what they've done they uh they they have a substantial recruiting class every single year if that same five-star quarterback can go to a school like oregon usc and cal or stanford cal stanford and, and be competitive still. Yeah. Maybe not quite to the level of Alabama, but who knows? If all these five stars are going to these schools, they now become competitive and they're making money. It's 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 a no brainer, right? And they're and, going to and you play California. California. So now you have you have these sex schools, and I'm going to single out the sec on those because those are the those schools are now pissed and complaining to the NCAA, all all these other conferences. Well, what is sec? SEC. Southeastern Conference. Okay, so not Securities Exchange Commission. No, yeah. sir. No. So <laughs> the the SEC is is one of the most powerful conferences in college football. They 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 hold the most dominant teams in in college football. What are the most dominant teams? I mean, it does vary a little bit year to year, but you're looking at your your Ohio State University. You're looking at your Alabamas. Your your Clemson's. Your uh, I'd even throw you know Michigan up there. LSU generally. LSU, LSU Florida when at one point, yeah. 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 Okay. So. Not Rutgers. Hey, not fuck Rutgers. you, pal. <laughs> fuck you and Arizona there was, State. There was that two-year window with Greg Schiano before he tried to be an NFL coach. I thought yeah. Rutgers was an all-girls school. No, 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 no. No, just the football team. <laughs> <laughs> but well, the NIL deal is also it's not just about college football. Every college athlete. Can make money so the, the girls volleyball team the baseball, golf the golf team at asu they're all they're all now making money off of their image and likeness and sponsorship deals which is great because you're not going to make any real money being a gymnast so right. capitalize on your premium years there like, that's yeah. great you don't have to leave and become a professional gymnast now you can still and, get education and, and here's the thing nil is is amazing because these schools are making hundreds upon hundreds of million dollars a year while these kids are 
are having to do every. I mean, yes, they've got a scholarship. Meals are provided. They do have it pretty good, but they're putting their bodies on the line and potentially suffering career-ending injuries, and they're not making any money. Well, and if you follow college football, we all know, we've all heard stories about a lot of these major schools and a lot of the major football programs. Yeah, they're getting the scholarship, but they're not getting a real education because they're pressured into taking easy stuff. A lot of them don't have people on their side to tell them like, no, you need to make sure you're taking good classes and getting the education. So they're taking bowling, home ec. I think that was, bowling was the famous one from USC, right? I mean, I've seen someone who was working on their graduate degree, but they were taking one course and it was ballroom dancing. Yeah. So even at the junior college level, when I played rugby, uh, we, we, we played a little bit, you know, we played, we played an end scrow and before that division two, and we had to maintain a certain level of credits, you know, to play. So, I mean, I, I'll speak for myself. I won't put anyone else on blast, but you know, I, I definitely took some bullshit classes yeah. that I barely yeah. even went to like art classes and things like that. Just to, just to, to have my credits. Nobody yeah. cared what classes I was taking. I mean, if, if the focus for that individual going to college is for athletics, you know, the, you know, your academics aren't going to be the main focus. That's not going to get priority. Absolutely. Right, but you suffer a catastrophic injury. Then it's you really You lose important. that scholarship. Yeah. But, and you're no. not making it to the to the pros where you can possibly get millions of dollars. And I never... And you're even, screwed. Yeah. I never even... I mean, there was not even a thought. I was an older guy coming into college after the military. That was never even a thought that I would ever make money off rugby. I wasn't even a good rugby player. But our, our eligibility was checked. I, I, I think I could... I think there was two different times where, where people's eligibility was checked. Uh, I think one was disputed by a different another uh, uh, a coach, a rival coach, and I think yeah, two two times it was it was checked. And this is at the most low one of the most low levels that you can get in in college sports, junior college. So you can only imagine what it's like at the collegiate but, le- like the high collegiate Division One level. I mean, Division One football. Is arguably more popular than the NFL. So here's one thing that I think needs to be said. For Power 5 conferences, your five biggest conferences in college football, 48 to 62% of the total revenue for these schools come from college football. Wow. A huge amount of money. Then you see these commercials that are run by the Pac-12 every year, and they say, 90% of our students go pro in something other than athletics. We take our athletics serious. And then they towed out people like Justin Herbert and say he has a 4.0 in biology. But yet behind the scenes, they're having everyone do what we just talked about. And they're just taking these few examples of success and trying to make that seem like the norm. When in reality, it's not. Yeah, there's a lot of like shady stuff that goes on behind the scenes to get these kids to pass their classes. They have tutors. They have all kinds of money being thrown at them. Yeah, they can't make money. Or well, now they can, but no. previously they couldn't make money. Got but it. There was plenty of things. There was. Well, it's a protecting revenue center. You got to keep it rolling. You'd see a nineteen-year-old kid driving a hundred thousand-dollar G wagon. Okay, you know some booster bought that for him. It's just whether you can prove it. And and there are plenty of examples. Reggie Bush. Mm-hmm. Reggie Bush, where he lost his Heisman. I mean, there's even stuff where. Coincidentally, when you and your whole family moved there, your mom magically got a job in the admissions office. Wow, look at that. She got a nice full-time job. Yeah. Or the booster. 
at the dealership gives the mom or the dad mm-hmm. a job. And as long as you're playing well and you're still at the school. They're all of a sudden in a $700,000 house. No, but what is a Heisman? Ooh. Uh, oh, that's a great question. The, the Heisman is the, in my opinion, the most impressive award in all of sports. It goes to the most outstanding football player each year in college football. It's, cool. it's essentially the MVP of college football. And, and that's out of all the conferences? All of all them. All, everybody, everybody is eligible. But there's, like, what, 150 Division One teams? Yeah. yeah. All, all, all Division One athletes Division are eligible for, for the Heisman. Typically, it goes to, a lot of the times, it'll go to a quarterback slash offensive player. Very rarely does it go to a defensive player. And cool. going back to the topic of the conference realignment that's going on, a big problem that the West Coast teams have they're on the West Coast, so their games are later. And for whatever reason, when they made the Pac-12 channel, they pushed. They started having a lot of big games even later. So a lot of kids aren't getting the national attention that they deserve. So they're not getting uh, Heisman consideration. Um, Nick and I talked about it at one point where Christian McCaffrey really was the best player that year. Hands down, didn't win it. Who determines who the recipient of the Heisman is? Ah, another great question. So it goes to Heisman voting. And so, I mean, Nick, do you want to explain? No, please do. I I think you would be the best one to explain it. Like, is this this like leaders of teams or is these journalists? No, it's... It's It's a committee. It's a committee. Are they part of that? Uh, what is what is the NCAA? Like, what does it stand for? Yeah, what does that stand for? National Collegiate Athletic Association. Got it. Okay. So, is the the Heisman Committee is that part of the NCAA? So, or? essentially, ballots go out to media members and former winners of of the Heisman, and they basically vote. They send their votes in. And they cast their ballots. <coughs> um. Then it comes down to I think five, five. Yeah, I believe it's five finalists. Yeah, it's five finalists. Got how many uh, members of the committee are there? Um, I I, I want to say that. there is like nine hundred and twenty something. Okay, okay. So they, and they're going to be all over the place. Mm-hmm. But a lot so of- finalists can range from three to six players. Got it. So so, so the exposure you get is going to factor in pretty greatly yeah. into whether or not you're going to be considered. Mm-hmm. For so, so just to give you some stats, in 2017, only 11% of the voters submitted their ballots early, and the vast majority waited until after the final games were played, which means the final games factored into their decision. Got it. And the other big thing, and the point I was going to make uh, a little bit ago, a lot of voters are actually on the mid in the Midwest, East Coast area. Okay. Like, there are some out here. Yeah. But when half the nation is probably in bed, yeah, when you're playing your games, it's how not con- fair. How convenient is it going to be for them yeah. to actually catch that game? So I think that's one of, I don't know if it's a factor, but if I were oh, the athletic director of USC yeah. um, and UCLA, and I want to get back to being a big college football program and winning and being recognized for that, why wouldn't, and you have the offer to go to the Big 12 or another conference that's going to play earlier games, probably better competition. I mean, we're out here on the on the West Coast, but there's not a lot of competition out on the West Coast right now. Sadly. A lot of 
a lot of the schools are struggling. And that affects your position in the college football rankings and everything, too. How are they struggling? Like, in performance? Performance. Or? Okay. Recruiting. It. It, okay. And then, obviously, recruiting. If you can't... If you're not winning, it's harder for you to draw the but top recruits. There's, there's also something that doesn't get talked about. Schools like Cal and Stanford, world-class education. You know, Stanford's, what, top 10 institution. Cal is either the top or the second-ranked public school in the nation. They make you maintain an even higher GPA than other schools. So, like, if you go to Washington State, have a 2.0. You go to Cal, I think you need, like, a 3.2. And Berkeley's no joke. So, if your goal is to go get paid in the NFL, why am I going to go to Cal? Especially if you, you know, compound that with everything else. Having met a couple of guys that played in the NFL, you know, they weren't big stars, big names, that sort of thing. They didn't have long careers. Guys are, you know, offensive linemen or whatever that is. I just, once again, I don't know much about these things. So maybe there's not an offensive lineman, but they're a lineman. They're a big dude. He's 40. He's all broken up. He was, you know, he took a beating, spinal injuries, knees are shot, hips are shot, that sort of thing. And if you trash your, uh, you know, your scholastics, your academic career, you get, you get to the NFL, you play a season, pair of seasons, something like that. Then you have a wonderful career working at the uh, auto dealership in your local town. Cool. Yeah. You know, pretty broken up body what's the the average statistic for how long people play in the nfl it's like two and a half three years i want to say it's between three and five yeah, yeah. so i mean it's nothing no i mean nowadays you can make a lot of money and hopefully you invest that smartly but i think everyone you know has a little bit of an ego issue at that level and you're all gonna say i'm gonna make it well and you're gonna you're gonna be in your 20s mm-hmm. you know going into the foot playing pro football for a couple of years <clears throat> like none of us handle well Few of us handled our money very well in our 20s. I know I didn't. Uh, so, so I don't want to name names um, without without talking to him first, but I have a, a dear family friend, um, and he played college football, and he won multiple awards, including the award for uh, the best linebacker in college football. Um, oh, I know who that you're talking about. Yep, and... Uh, I mean, a ton of awards that year. I mean, he was incredibly dominant. Uh, was going to be a first-round pick, no-brainer, and then he suffered two significant injuries. And he had a down season and then went into the draft and ended up going in the, the seventh round. And he, he, did, he did get drafted. He played for two NFL teams um, and then was out of the NFL in three years, I think. Yeah. Um, from, a, from a money standpoint... I mean, a first-round pick is guaranteed, and I mean, depending on where you go, like, I mean, you're looking at forty, fifty million dollar contracts plus endorsements. Well, plus now. endorsements. And With the pay scale, it's it's a, it's lower than that, but the drop but off more from guaranteed round money. one to round seven is mil- millions of dollars. Oh like, yeah. Like I, I don't I'm not even sure if a seventh round pick gets millions guaranteed. Do they? No, no, not even close. No. So so anyway, we're talking a ton of money. And, uh, you know, he's an amazing guy uh, and an incredible athlete and, and human being, uh, physical specimen, uh, could easily play in the NFL. But because of injuries and, and things that happened, it, it didn't work out for him. And luckily for him, you know, he never gave up on his dream. And 
he just won the championship in the USFL. Oh, cool. Uh, I'm, I'm sure everyone knows who I'm talking about, but, you know, I, I don't want to name names in case, yeah. you know, without talking to them. So, but, uh, it's, it's quite, it's quite obvious who I'm talking about. Um, well, it's a good story though. I, it's, it's a, it, that he stuck with it and kept on rolling. Cause the, the yeah. moral, the moral of that story is, you know, you don't know how long your career is going to last in a violent sport. Yeah. And there's no reason to stop these kids from, from making money off their name and likeness while they have the, the chance to do it. So to answer this question, a seventh round pick, the pay scale is a little over $600,000 in a four-year contract. And assuming you get signed. And assuming you play out that contract. And that's 600 a year? Yeah, 600000 okay. a year. So the total Which is contract- basically, I believe, I want to say the vet minimum is in the that range so that you're, you're making i think it's three quarters of a million now roughly yeah so you're making around the vet minimum yeah so it's not the sort of money where you're going to be you know set for life yeah you have to understand lifestyle. people people have this thing oh well that's five times as much as i make a year yeah it's like yeah but you got cte <laughs> yeah you have you have cte you know you have you have irreparable damage to your body yeah you know you, your career is short-lived you know Sitting at a desk, Cindy, making, you know, uh, uh, working for Google. Yeah, you make your, your 150K a year, but you could enjoy a nice 45-year career and retire with millions in the bank. Great. These these kids maybe will play, you know, anywhere from, you know, a few years to 10, 15 years is like an is like a huge career. And typically that's that's enjoyed by, like, quarterbacks and kickers who, yeah. who so from are protected. A, back to the injury thing um, and saying, you know, going – kind of piggybacking off of that from my experience i only played high school football as you guys know i just had knee surgery that knee this it's the same knee that i hurt in high school and it's been bothering me the entire 15 years i've been out of high school yeah since i hurt it. no one of my high school buddies he was a quarterback for a local high school and uh big game scouts there whole thing he was a star player their team was just killing it that year um Got injured during the game, ruptured his uh, his Achilles, and um, that sidelined the whole thing. All of a sudden, you know, his whole focus since he'd been a kid was I'm gonna go, I'm gonna play NFL. You know, he was a a Bucks fan. He was really big into you know, you know, he had his team picked out. You know, that was what he dedicated his life to. And all of a sudden, in a fateful night, he's got to figure out what to do. Now, Grant. Thankfully, that was in high school, so he was able to pivot, and his academics weren't absolute trash, so he could do other things and has done other things. He's had a good life; it's been it's been good. But um, but yeah, no, those injuries they they haunt you, and those yeah. little things that you know you're 17, you you mess something up, you're like ah whatever, you shrug it off. Well, okay, you get into your 30s and you start feeling it, and get in your 50s, you really feel it. Yeah. Uh, and I, you know. For the la- since I got out of high school, I I've had issues with this knee repeatedly. Oh yeah, over and over. I've never, I don't think I've had a pain-free day with it since I was 17. 17. Yeah, it's a long time. It's complex joint. Yeah. yeah. And for a lot of these guys, yeah, you sign that contract, <clears throat> but in the NFL, it's not guaranteed. It's starting to go that way. I think a lot of the first-round picks this year all got all fully guaranteed contracts. Sean Watson somehow got a guaranteed contract if he doesn't go to prison. Um, <laughs> but, you know, as you were saying with your buddy, he didn't get most of that money. 
Because mm-hmm. um, I think he, he made the practice squad, so his contract was significantly less than that because he wasn't on the actual roster. Yeah. Yeah, he definitely was on the practice squad for a bit. Got elevated to the to the team. I think he played special teams. So the big... And then he was out of the league. So the big uh, kind of impetus, the pressure point, the driver behind this realignment would have to do with money for the players, the NIL that kind of sparked that Realignment issue, comes from money for the schools. Okay. Which I guess we can say is tied to money for the players. I have to, I, I would have to say without a doubt that played a factor. Absolutely. At least got the ball because rolling. Because that, small, small that ball, big I, I, I'd like to think that also brought in money to the, to the schools as well. Got it. And it allowed it allowed players to make different decisions on which school they were going to based off that. Yeah, but the first real big schools that jumped jumped what four or five years before the NIL deals even really became a thing. You had Utah coming to the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, Texas A&M, which that was a great decent addition. program at the time, jumped from the Big 12 to the SEC. So that, in my opinion, is really what started that. Realignment has been a thing. It, um, actually, let's let's back up even further than NIL, and let's talk about the introduction of the college football playoffs. That definitely sparked realignment, right? Well, and then one other term, the I'm hearing, you know, Big Twelve, Pac twelve. What are these? Is there what different conferences, yes. different yes. groups of schools? V- very similar to divisions and and conferences in in the NFL, right? So you have, for for instance, you have the NFC East. So you've got the the Eagles, the Reds, their the, fo- the football team, uh, the what Commanders. Are they the Commanders. Yikes! We're gonna need to edit that out. Uh, <laughs> so uh, so like the NFC East. In, in the NFL, you have the Eagles, the Commanders, the, the New York Football Giants, and you've got the disgusting Dallas Cowboys, right? So that's disgusting. That's that's the NFC East right there, right? So so let's say that's you know like the AAC, right? And then you have you know the the NFC South, right? And, and then you have these different, and then you have you know your you know your conferences, the AFC, the NFC. Similar in, in college football, it's it's separated, yeah. typically by geographic location, but because of realignment, that's it's going away. It's going away. Got it's it. it's, no, it's less. Ge- it's not. It's eventually it's not going to be geographical at all. Okay. So Frank, you asked the question: Do we think that the college football playoff spurred realignment? Mm-hmm. I did ask that. <sighs> no. Because you're realigning, you're putting yourself into harder conferences to play, potentially hurting your your schedule through a, a tougher strength of schedule with a worse record, making it harder to get into the playoff. But you're also putting yourself, you're also putting your players into a a better spotlight to get to get drafted, which increases your recruiting chances, overall making your team better. Well, in a counter to what Nick said, yeah, that's all true. Absolutely. You know, USC could go to the Big 12 and... Get stomped. Get stomped. But if they're able to turn... Say Oregon were to go to one of these bigger conferences with bigger, better competition and still 
have 12 and 1 seasons, undefeated seasons, A, it's going to make them get better consideration to be chosen for the, the 14 playoff. But it also might make them better overall to where they finally, when they do make it, because we've seen them get stomped when they've made it over the last few mm-hmm. years. I mean, for me, it makes them better overall if they actually compete. Compete for me, expand it to sixteen teams or go back to the BCS. What is BCS? BCS is the old way they used to pick teams, where essentially every week the Associated Press releases the top twenty-five teams in college football, and at the end of the year the top two teams would play for the national title. And it's always been very controversial. Super controversial. I mean, there was one year, though, where the top two teams played and then didn't, like, the third-place team technically get awarded the title? Yeah. And that U- was... UCF got a portion of a title one year. <laughs> I thought they just gave... They just no, gave I think they just called themselves the national Because they weren't considered. Because they weren't considered for it, even though they were the best team in college football. Yeah. They had the best record. But see, that's where things like strength of schedule come into play. If you lose one game, but you played all juggernauts, and I go undefeated by play cupcakes, what's more impressive? And I guess that's kind of what we're getting at with conference realignment. And and let's be honest, UCF did not have the strength of schedule. No, they played in a very weak conference. And that's, that's why that happened. But they also were the only undefeated team in football, right? Nobody else was undefeated that year. No, that was, that was their whole point and why yeah. they made the shirts saying the so, real national champs and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, they called themselves the national champs, even though they were not the national champs. I think they, they were more upset they just weren't even considered for the, the playoff. And that still mm-hmm. happens in the college football playoff that we have now. Oh, this person got left, or this team got left out, this team didn't. I, I could argue for that team. But, but I mean... You're putting Sean to sleep right now. So, with the NIL deals, another thing that... I was really in fa- why I was really in favor of it, and it's proving true. Because first and foremost, these college players deserve to make money off of their likeness, sign an autograph, get a sponsored deal, whatever. That's the most important thing, and it's great. The other thing that I'm really loving, and I was hoping would happen, is it's really pissing Nick Saban off because he can't hoard talent anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because what is would happen a- is he'd get all these kids to come there because they could win like four national titles with him but they only really played in one because they would sit on the bench behind the last top recruiting class and the recruiting class before that nick Saban came out and really just pissed everybody off because he was talking about oh well now this guy can go and buy somebody that would come here eventually and he threw two people under the bus uh jimbo fisher who was his friend and uh Deion Sanders, who coaches a Division II school. And is doing a phenomenal job. Doing a phenomenal job. But what's great about the NIL deals is a lot of these kids are going to make more money off of their likeness if they're at a school where they're able to play more. So you're not going to have five schools with the best recruits, most of whom don't play. They're going to spread out. I think we need to get prime time on as our next guest. If you Deal. can pull that off, I'll call him up. I'm all in favor. Speaking of guests, I am not on a, uh, speaking terms with him, but uh, oh, I am. I'll, I'll take care of it. Speaking of guests, it looks like Sean's falling fast asleep, bored by all of this sports talk. So I think that's. Uh, I mean, that's, that was the goal. Yeah, I think that's gonna gonna wrap it up. I think we'll we'll end it here. I'm gonna throw it over to Nick. Thanks for listening, and always remember, fire Larry Scott.